for tuning in to the second episode of the Limelight Podcast. Today we have an awesome episode for you. Dr. Sloan and I are going to be talking about an awesome new Lyme disease treatment called SOT. It's the treatment that cured me and uh, has gotten me back to a really great place in my life. And for in his practice, um, approximately 400 other patients have had phenomenal results using this treatment. So we're going to hear a lot of information about that. We're also going to talk about labs and answer some frequently asked questions about the different types of labs used to diagnose Lyme disease, what the pros and cons of both of those or all those different types of labs are. And then we're also going to talk a little bit about the immune system and how you can use SOT to see how Lyme works with your immune system and why it's important to get it out of there. So stay tuned. We have a great episode for you. And here, without further ado, is me and Dr. Sloan. Hello there, Maddie. Hello, Dr. Sloan. Hello. Good evening. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It was an incredible week of testimonies healing of course a lot of a lot of severely severely sick patients including physicians now that are calling mm. um, from different areas to s- state that uh they understand Lyme disease is a very complicated disease and they know that the system that they've been trained in doesn't always work for them it's interesting it's always interesting to me to see when physicians who you know should know everything and, you know, be able to take care of it, finally realize that they're kind of uh, out of, uh, or they're in deep water, I should say. Right. Sure. This, um, this physician um, in New York um, has had Lyme for about 30 years and he knows that system doesn't work for him. His wife has been sick for like 40 years. And their daughter, who's 23, has been six since she was three. Wow. And she's super debilitated. They're all very sick. So, so excited to hear about technology because the technology that we use now is all science-based. We love science. Yes. And you can't refute this, uh, this science when we're testing and creating treatment. So it's incredible. We're very excited. Very cool. Well, that is a a great segue into the first thing that I want to ask you about. And um, I'm assuming this amazing science you're talking about is SOT or uh, supportive oligonucleotide treatment. Is it treatment or therapy? It's it's both. Um, If you look it up and want to look up the research on antisense oligonucleotide therapy, it's called ASO. ASO is the foundational research. It is called gene silencing therapy. And um, as we're taught, and the world should know, that is called RNA sequencing interference. It's interfering RNA sequences. So it, it's really easy to explain it in this way. So in America... America is trying to find different ways into chronic diseases that are familial and acquired. So um, if you have a genetic disorder from your family, then they're trying to understand how to turn off the RNA sequences. Interfering RNA sequences target the RNA sequence that we are trying to shut down. 
for cancer, neurological diseases, and inherited diseases. Um, new antisense, which I need to say antisense from RGCC is called SOT. Okay. That's the big thing. So antisense oligonucleide, AST versus SOT, it's just semantics. But the reason that RGCC is so successful is because they make the treatment for the patients on RNA molecules of our target. Um, and that's why it's called supportive. Supportive or short, short or oligonucleotide therapy because it's a short, it's a small RNA sequence. So the, the only way that we can shut down a target is to know that that target has a short RNA sequence that doesn't interfere with our normal human genome. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yes. It's a recognizable sequence from that pathogen or that inherited disease that is specific to it. So every time you see that sequence, it's specific to that pathogen, Borrelia, Babesia, Bartonella, uh, Epstein-Barr, Cytomegalo, HHV6. Um, it's specific to that, that sequence. And, um, and then we can, we can turn that off. So the, the way it works is by two different modulating treatments. So an SOT targets the messenger RNA, and it does two things. It inhibits the next protein sequence, meaning that it, it stops the, the, the translocation gene, so it shuts down the replication cycles. That's why it's called gene silencing therapy. Okay. So it shuts it down. It's like birth control for bugs. <laughs> <laughs> the second way it works is by inducing apoptosis. So if you're a cancer patient, you know, apoptosis means that we've induced cancer cell death, mm -hmm. which is incredible. And when you block that protein in that messenger RNA and you interfere with that sequence, it induces the cell to create its own apoptosis. Um, so basically it creates cell death by targeting that inhibition of the interfering RNA sequence. Gosh, that gets really wordy. <laughs> but those are those are the two ways that it works. And that's that's a simple explanation. I, I guess you can tell everybody we're gonna post some videos on and you can see how it works and Yeah. Well let me just go back. Um I wanna I wanna go back and try to clarify any of the things that I didn't understand when I first started researching this. Um first thing I wanna say, uh we mentioned RGCC and for anybody that doesn't know that is the lab that you are, um, would you say, collaborating with to, uh, the, that's the lab that makes this treatment. That's the lab that I am I'm honored enough to kind of bump into over the course of the years of me treating cancer patients. Mm -hmm. um, they are a research cancer genetic lab. Their goal is to find new therapies and innovative therapies that are immunotherapies that are targeted therapies to treat cancer patients. And I, I come out of that field. And after a few years of knowing them, they let me in on the secret that, yeah, we do that to cancer cells because we can shut down a cancer cell using a, an SOT. But we can also, oh, by the way, we do, we can shut down Borrelia. We can shut down Epstein-Barr, Cytomegalo, HHV6, uh, CMV, Hepatitis C. Oh, by the way, America, pharmaceuticals use an antisense to shut down hepatitis C called uh, ribavirin, I think. 
Interesting. So, yeah. So we, we don't have Hep C anymore in America. We shut it down with the antisense. Cool. Um, good to know. So if anyone gets Hep C, no worries. We got antisense. Um, the other thing I want to clarify is exactly what mRNA is. And in order for me to kind of figure this out, I had to go back and do watch a lot of um, biology YouTube videos. Um, but I just want to clarify to everyone that mRNA, and please correct me if I'm wrong, is the uh, messenger sequence that tells the cell how to build proteins to create more cells. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. Correct. So inside of a cell, and this is, this is interesting because patients think this, uh, this SOT is uh, new to, to everything in the world. And it's not our cells, our cells, our normal cells constantly create new cells. And inside of our cell is an antisense cell this constantly trying to negate the building up of a new cell so our our um our cells are constantly trying to build up and break down and there's a check and balances that goes on there mm-hmm. um so yeah messenger rna comes from the nucleus and it tells the ribosomes to make a new protein which makes a new cell got it so with this wonderful technology If a pathogen or inherited trait has a certain RNA sequence that's distinguishable, we can make a complementary sequence and shut it down. Got it. So, okay, I just thought of a really good uh, metaphor because, you know, that the metaphors are my thing. Um, It's visual, yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) the mRNA is like the stork bringing the baby to your doorstep. And that's the new, the new cell is the baby. And the sure. mRNA is like the stork yeah. making the and, baby. <laughs> and we're gonna have a we're gonna have an anti-stork that comes and takes the baby away and gives it to another. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> or, or it's kinda like uh it's kinda like neutering my puppy so he doesn't have more babies. Um Right. And, we're neutering and, and, the stork. Oh my gosh, this is going nowhere, it's fine. <laughs> It's kind of like, um, so in, in dogs, you have worms that cause heart disease. They give you the, the medicine. It doesn't kill the worm, but it makes it not have babies. So there's no more. Um, Got it. Antisense therapies shut down that um, messenger RNA sequence. They're called interfering RNA sequences. Okay. And then, so it interferes from being able to reproduce and then is the reason why the apoptosis occurs because there is interference in the typical yes. genetic sequence. So it just doesn't know what to do and it dies. Yes. Got it. So, uh, so for the purposes of not talking about cancer and other things, I can, I can go on and on for different reasons, but let's talk about bugs. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause this is about bugs. We are the bug people. And so when we interfere with Borrelia's ability to make another uh, translocation or a new protein, then the cell itself feels like it's failing and okay. it pre- creates its own endosomes, exosomes, and RNAsH. So the this cell can induce apoptosis on itself. That's the same thing we want for a cancer cell, but we can induce apoptosis for many different things. 
The problem with American research is that they're only looking at inherited genetic disorders like Huntington's disease and cholesterolemia stuff and uh, some neurological eye problems and stuff like that because um, we just don't focus on pathogens that create disease because we're not trying to find out why people are sick. They're trying to treat sickness and suppress symptoms. So what we do is we're the why guys. We try to figure out why somebody's sick. And I don't care if you call it whatever disease you call it, fibromyalgia, MS, whatever, we find out why it's caused and remove the causative factors. So the RNA sequences that we are able to create the ASO, SOT for, is based individually on the patient. Um, One thing I want to clear up for everyone is that RGCC makes the SOT specific for the bug we are treating. So they make about 14 different SOTs um, for Borrelia and Babesias. And then they make a whole lot more for Coxsackievirus, EBV, CMVs, and all these other things. But when we make an SOT, we tell them what to look for. We tell them to look for that RNA sequence and they make specific for that patient. Um, so it really doesn't cover other, other sequences or other Borrelia. So Borrelia burgdorferi is always my starting point because, mm-hmm. as you know, it's been genetically modified and it's the only one that if we sequester Borrelia burgdorferi, then our immune system can come back to life. Mm-hmm. And then we can sequence through normal immune system responses like we're supposed to. Got it. So your job is to figure out what bugs you're targeting and then RGCC makes that special weapon for you to use to kill that bug. Yes. It's uh, it's specific. Yeah. They make a, uh, so they find the target RNA sequence for what we ask them to look for. If they find it, they make the therapy. If they don't, they can't make the therapy. And then they, they send me 500 million up to a billion molecules of them interfering RNA sequences to interfere with that specific molecule pathogen that we're trying to block its replication or create apoptosis for. Got it. Well, that is another great segue into the next thing I want to talk about and is a question that I see people ask all the time. Um, You know, obviously, you know, and me being a Lyme patient and sufferer of this, um, you know, with ELISA tests and Western blot, it sometimes can be very difficult to get a Um, accurate test. And there's a lot of false negatives. It's often very hard to actually get um, a proper positive. And sometimes there can even be false positives. Actually, I don't think that's, is that ever true? If you ever see a false positive, I don't think that's true. Uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You can have a false positive. Okay. So there you go. There's all sorts of uh, confusion there. Um, And I see people ask all the time, you know, they, like me, have had issues getting a positive, or a positive Western blot. They say, right. well, am, am I going to be able to get the SOT? So um, what do you do about that? And what is your procedure for figuring out what bugs you're trying to target with the SOT? Right. So we are so excited and we see the cures. We've done over 400 Lyme SOTs with um, over 90% success with a single dose. We've done how many? 13 patients, Stacy, twice, I think. 
13, I mean, maybe 14 coming up. That's it, Madison, Maddie. Cool. And, uh, and it's, it's so specific. The science is so specific that what I'm trying to find for my patients. So when you call the Genesis Center and we start tests, we are looking for anything within the past six months that is a certified positive test or anything that I can do to create a positive or equivocal positive test just to get your blood to RGCC so they can do their Tech 160-ness genotype, which is an amplification of the DNA, and create a treatment. So I'm not here to try to figure out if you're positive or negative or whatever. I'm trying to, to, to get a test that I can show that RGCC will be willing to run their Tech 160-ness genotype, which is an amplification of the DNA, and they can make a SOT for my patient. I'm tr- that's, my, that's my ending point, is to make a treatment that works so I can get that in a patient, and then I can watch them start to heal, and I can start managing the small stuff after that. So, um, and one thing that you said was interesting, and I know you've told us before, um, the reason why you're trying to get positive test and the blood work to RGCC is because once they have it, they're either going to find it or they're not. It's either there or it's not. There's no guesswork. It's if they find it, it's there. If they don't find it, it's not there. Correct? Correct. Correct. Very correct. Um, they, they're, they're not a uh, testing facility. Um, they are a, they make treatments. So they only want to receive positive results. So they know what they're looking for and they're not kind of tricked into it. So there's, there's about, I guess, um, four different kind of tests that we can we can do. Um, antibody tests are like the Western blot. Mm-hmm. Antibody tests are specific for uh, antibodies that are called outer surface proteins. Um, which interesting, by the way, there's a fungal cells released mm-hmm. by Barrera. Did you know that? We talked about that a, a little yeah. bit on the last thing. Those are, and what I said was, those are like the grenades that the spirochetes send off to distract your immune system. Yeah, there's that. There's that main little spirochete, and the immune system approaches it, and it like shoots off these little flares, and they're fungal balls. So we have a bacteria that acts like a virus in the body that shoots off fungal balls that consist in pleomorphic forms of biofilms oh my gosh it's a very smart little critter but antibody tests um are dependent upon when we test the patient and where they are in their immune sequences for their antibodies so if we happen to catch it in the right place we may get an igm flare if we don't catch it where the cdc says it's positive we're down in the trough so they could be non-cdc positive but have 23, 39, and 41 that are positive. And for me, even on the IgG side, if I see 23, 39, and 41, or 93 positive, then I'm still looking at a patient that has Lyme. Maybe they're not CDC positive, but antibody tests like the Western blot are dependent on everybody's immune system. It's only a test to see how well you're reacting to the bug. Um, it is not DNA or PCR. Uh, DNA tests like PCR tests, if you do urine DNA tests, it's not amplified. So you're not looking at a true amplification. Too many false negatives on that. Cultures, again, they still just depend on 
if you happen to get that DNA in that culture and you can grow it and expand it. And then, then, then you come to the actual test that's the best test, which is the Tech One 16S DNA PCR amplification, which is what RGCC does and some other companies in Europe. And they take your blood and amplify the DNA a thousand times so they can see if there's the genetic material in that patient. And that's, that's the best test. But I have to have something equivocal, positive or positive just to get the blood so I can try to get a treatment for a patient. Got it. So, okay, so I'm going to summarize here. The Western blot and ELISA, those are dependent on your immune system. And the issue with that um, is that, well, I guess well, pros of that is that as long as you are having a strong immune response, you're going to get a positive test because you're going to have your antibodies to fight off those outer surface proteins. But if you're in the trough where your IgM is kind of turning off and your IgG is starting to turn on, you might not get those, uh, those, the, the antibodies. Yeah. I mean, I had a patient today that's severely sick with Lyme. Um, and she had 23, 39 and 41. They, one of them was CDC criteria, um, above 60 intensity. And then the rest were below. So I know that she's moved along through the sequence. And I think, I think you and I both have decided that we may post my graph. Yeah. I'll post it with this, uh, with this. And so everyone listening, if you kind of visualize this graph that he's talking about, it's like, um, a, a mountain and then a valley and then another mountain and then another valley. And the first mountain is the IgM, right? Correct. And then the second mountain is the IgG and in that mountain are the bands. So you hear people talk about bands all the time. You might have certain bands on the Western blot. Um, and then is it MDL that actually tells you the bands? Yeah, we're, we're, we're grateful that MDL actually has a, a, a computer system that detects the band intensity. Gotcha. So the, the, for, between zero and 600 is the band intensity. So if you have, um, if you look at LabCorp, LabCorp is only the genotype of one strand of Borrelia. And then there's that original Connecticut uh, spirochete. So, I mean, if, if you, of course, it's changed a hundred times by now. Right. So IgenX and, and MDL both test about 12 different sequences of Borrelia burgdorferi. So they're much more definitive. Um, and then I, I like the MDL because they give a, a percentage of the band intensity. So I can, I can see below uh, CDC criteria. So it's important to me that I can see bands below that intensity that they call a positive CDC because I can still show if you're a chronic Lyme patient. Because it's not like a light switch. It's more like a sliding scale. It is. And it's also like, um, it's a snapshot in time. Right. When I capture your blood, your body, your immune system is so smart. It's been trying to Epstein-Barr every virus, every bacteria, every fungus. Um, if you have the flu, um, anything. If you have mono, your EBV flares on IgM. We hit the peak. We see it. Um, in six weeks, you're completely healed of mono. You feel great, but we still see an IgM flare. Huh. Guess what? You have no more IgM Epstein-Barr, but you still go through a trough to the IgG side, and then viruses hold that antibody. So I can always see an IgG antibody that you have held 
based on your exposure. Interesting. Okay. Um, so that's the antibody testing. And then the DNA testing is the, um, what were they called again? Uh, DNA tests is called PCR test, polymer chain reaction tests. Yes, that one. So that one, and that's the one you can either do a blood test or a urine test. Yeah, urine. You, we, can, we can test any fluid. We can uh, pull fluid out of a knee with this has rheumatoid to check for Ooh. for for uh, spirochetes. We can do vaginal tissues. We can swab nasal passages. We can look for DNA uh, material of the bug. But the problem is, is that Borrelia burgdorferi doesn't want to be found, right. so it hides in 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 biofilms, and it um, it holds its DNA. Um, it's so smart that when in the biofilm, it can hide the main critter and just shoot off little balls of sense strands to go into another white blood cell to make another critter. Wow. So that's where SOT comes in because we're inhibiting that replication cycle. We stop that. And then I, I feel like I learned this a long time ago, but because Lyme has the longest life cycle um, of any bacteria, I'm assuming then it, because doesn't have to come, well, I guess if, if it doesn't, if it's shooting out those mRNA, maybe this doesn't apply, but doesn't that mean that it's the least exposed because its life cycle is the longest. So it has the longest time to hide and kind of preserve its DNA. True story. True story. So you're, you're correct. Um, viruses have a very quick replication. So if I give an SOT for viruses, it gets in the way very fast. Um, for Borrelia, it may take a few weeks to six weeks. I mean, I think I, I, through experience and science, um, the life cycle, I, I've been terribly misquoted on this. The life cycle of a spirochete can be up to 80 days if left untreated. Mm-hmm. If you die, you may see a spirochete alive in your blood for 80 days. Gotcha. Um, but once it's treated with the SOT, then the life cycle is interrupted fairly quickly. Like for a virus, it may be a few days. For Borrelia, it's probably a few weeks to six weeks. I mean, maybe eight weeks and maybe even four months. Who cares? It stops replication. But it's fairly, you know, it's going to stop it. Thank God the the molecules actually just happen to live four months and into six months as it degrades in the body. Right. That's just, um, that would just, that's per chance. So we're fortunate that I don't have to do one every week or whatever. Right. But yes, we're getting in the way of that replication cycle. And so I'm assuming then that's why uh, maybe other viruses testing the DNA might be much more effective, but for this and for other reasons that we've talked about, that's why the DNA can be falsely negative. Yeah. For, for, um, so we've done thousands and thousands of PCR tests for all the viruses. They just don't shed very well Mm -hmm. in America. It's a first pass PCR test. Um, it doesn't work. Um, I think I've seen like two positives out of thousands. Oh, wow. But yeah, it just doesn't. We have to, we have to rely on antibody tests and tech one. Uh, the cultures, uh, cultures and PCR tests, if it's there, it's there. There's no false positive with that, but there's a lots of false negatives. So we still have to rely on antibody tests. But since we have started using 
antisense treatments, then we can actually monitor the antibody test, the Western blot test over time and watch this curve, like the camel hump. We can watch it go through IgM, then IgG, and then off. So every day I'm getting to see this incredible change where once you arrest the bacteria, then the immune system can say, ah, oh, now I can push it along into a past sequence and we can be done with it. Got it. So you're... Uh, the, the SOT is allowing your body to do what it normally would be able to do, but because the Borrelia is uh, genetically modified because it's so virulent, your immune system just really doesn't have a chance to be able to do the normal sequence that it should do. And then with the help of the SOT, it's kicking in that kind of balancing mechanism where um, the interfering mRNA are able to stop the procreation of these bugs and it can go through the peaks and valleys of your immune system as it normally should. Yes, exactly right. Thank you for, uh, for summarizing that highly intelligent um, encyclopedia of uh, your mind there. (laughs) Well, I have read (laughs) the whole internet. The whole (laughs) internet. Well, we're coming up on 28 minutes here. Um, and I really want to talk more about um, this specifically. I really want to dive into um, your process of looking at the IgG and the IgM and how via seeing this, you're able to kind of understand this bug a little bit better and how it works. Um, but yeah. I want to stop this episode here and then we'll pick back that conversation up in the next episode. Yes. And one thing I'd like to talk about next is how this bug develops into trends toward all of our diseases, neurological diseases, and um, how we can we can stop further progression of immune sequences to make autoimmune diseases go away because we're doing that now. Thanks to ASO, antisense SOT therapy. Yes. Thank you. Cool. All right. Well, pick that conversation up in the next episode. Um, But for now, I will say goodbye. And thank you so much for coming on. All right, Maddie. Have a good Friday night. I'll talk to you soon, honey. You too. Bye. Alrighty. Bye-bye. Thank you guys so much for joining in on another awesome conversation with me, Maddie, and Dr. Sloan from the Genesis Center. We have so much more to talk about. We could have easily gone on for another two hours about that topic, but we have a lot more stuff coming up for you. And next week, we are going to be diving deeper into the immune system and that process and how all that works. So stay tuned. Um, We can't wait to share more with you guys. And thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye.